0: Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for change makers where we question the conventional, debunk marketing myths, provide actionable tips, think differently, disrupt industries, and take your marketing to a new level. From improving your campaigns to making you a better marketer, these are the inspirational stories that will help us change the way we think and approach B2B marketing one conversation at a time. This podcast is brought to you by Einbleich Consulting, Helping you to stand out in the market and drive revenue to your B2B business. And now, your host, Christian Klepp. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of B2B Marketers on a Mission. This is a show where we help you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm joined by someone on a mission to provide innovative solutions to businesses around the world to help them run their in-person, virtual, and hybrid events. So coming to us from Oakville, Canada, Mr. Mohamed Jonas, Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Thank you, Gelsen. Thank you for having me
0: today on the show. A pleasure to have you on, and uh, let's dive in, because uh, this is a really going to be an interesting and relevant topic for B2B marketers out there. So you're clearly no stranger to the events industry. In fact, your company, VFairs, has experienced phenomenal growth in the past few years. But for this conversation, let's focus on the following topic, which is events as part of your B2B marketing strategy. So talk to us about why you believe events are such an important component in B2B marketing.
1: Yeah, see, I think uh, the the great thing about uh, events is just the focus that it brings in for, for anyone who's participating in one, right? So again, I'll just give you my own example. Uh, I'm a pretty busy guy, you know, uh, having you know, back-to-back meetings uh, throughout the day. But when I would go ahead, I would attend a particular event. I I really, you know, uh, uh, you have to make an effort to be there. And when you are there, you make uh, an effort to go through everything, whether it's through the content that that particular conference has to offer, the network opportunities that that particular conference has to offer. Uh, So so the way we have seen is that customers who are running the conferences where they are able to bring in attendees that are of uh, like-minded people, you, you you can really make the best use of it you know, in the form of the content that they're going to consume and then in the form of just networking opportunities that they're going to get. And in today's world, that is becoming, I think, just more and more uh, remote by nature, uh, whether it's a virtual conference or an in-person one. I think uh, you want to form those communities, and the best way to form communities is through events. And again, we have just seen that our customer base uh, have over the past, uh, uh, I think, just couple of years, has really mastered it and have seen just tons of uh, opportunities to uh, again meet with existing customers as well as just connect with prospects through through any 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 of these
0: type of conferences. Yeah, no, that's a, that's incredibly interesting, and I mean, uh, part of the reason I suppose why your company has experienced growth is because the world has changed. <laughs> Short of stating the obvious, right? That's okay. The the way that customers have uh, behave have changed the way that they consume content has changed, the way they make uh, buying decisions has changed. So it's a combination of all of these. But Perfect. I bring that up because it's such a great segue into the next question, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you will have no problem answering. Talk to us about the mistakes and misconceptions you've seen when it comes to incorporating events into the marketing mix. And yeah. what should we done to address these?
1: Yeah, I think uh, uh, for for me, the, the, the biggest thing with any event is... Uh, that it needs to be fully aligned with the overall business objectives. Like, why are you even running uh, that uh, event to begin with? So for me, I think uh, just some of the mistakes and misconceptions start with just failing to align with the overall business objectives. Uh, Many business events, uh, just uh, as a standalone marketing activity, they sometimes fail to align with what the overall business objectives are. So I always try to uh, tell our customers that, okay, let us just First discuss what your overall KPIs are, what o- your overall business objectives are, what your company OKRs are, and then let's plan for an event that really align well with that goal. So feeding to align events with overall business objective, I just see that as just a mistake that, you know, once in a while, uh, you know, some, some of the event planners uh, just go through. And the other one is, again, I think in today's world, uh, when everyone's attention is uh, just... Uh, yeah, you're trying to grab everyone's attention, just over reliance on traditional event formats. Uh, I've seen that sometimes it does not uh, work well. You know, we all have to be a bit more innovative. We all have to be a, a bit more agile and we have to see like what exactly uh, our attendees are looking for now. Uh, so for example, uh, you know, maybe, maybe five years back, a conference can purely be, uh, purely be just one way. You know, you come and you consume content. And that would have been okay because people were not, uh, let's say, short of networking opportunities at work, at a lot of other places. But nowadays, uh, in many ways, uh, any event is both about uh, content, you know, great content will drive attendance. But it's also just one of the only few days or weeks when people might uh, get uh, those networking opportunities because some of those people might be working from home. And they are just, uh, you know, just just really kind of uh, uh, they are. They're struggling with having those, uh, you know, business-related and uh, networking opportunities, otherwise. So I think just don't rely on traditional event formats. Just be creative and see what works. Uh, now, the third one I would say is that uh, just lack of integration uh, with other marketing channels. Uh, you know, I have seen that just people they, you know, they, they might just have few channels that they really mastered pre-pandemic and would have been maybe I will do a press release, maybe I will send out an email, uh, you know, blast and so forth. But now with know, social media and, and email marketing, and LinkedIn and TikTok, etc. You need to make sure that uh, you are using all the different channels uh, to really market your event. Uh, you know, don't limit yourself to just only few mediums uh, that that you historically have been used of. Um, and the last one uh, is just failing to measure and analyze event performance. So many businesses, I feel, that they fail to measure, analyze performance of events, making it very difficult to assess. Uh, the ROI and I uh, and identify the areas of improvement, you know. And again, this this can result in wasteful resources and missed opportunities for future events. Uh, and and hence, I am of the opinion that uh, make use of the event tech, uh, make use of the technology that's available now for both in-person events and virtual events that allows you to measure and analyze event performance at, at all times. And I just feel that uh, you know not doing that would be a mistake. Uh, you know, which which historically speaking, people were events business events industry in general were not very much tech-friendly, you, know, uh, you know, again, five years back, seven years back. But after the pandemic, everyone is used to tech and everyone now should make use of that to, again, properly track uh, the event performance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are some really great points. Uh, thanks for sharing those. I'd like to go back to two things that you mentioned and dig a little bit deeper, if I may. So, I think that you mentioned one point about lack of integration of the different channels, and we all know. And you you pointed it out in the past couple of minutes about embracing uh, the digital aspect of events. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Like, um, what what are the differences that you've seen, like pre and post pandemic? Sure. So
1: uh, uh, the way I see it is that hmm. events industry have uh, seen these three um, just just uh, just three these three different i would say eras um pre-pandemic mostly all of the per- all of the events were in person mostly you know even though we have been doing virtual events for almost six seven years but i would say like 99 percent of the conferences uh, still used to happen purely in person so that was pre-pandemic during pandemic almost the same 99 percent of the events were purely virtual right now late 2022 2023 onwards uh, it is a mixture of both there are some virtual because there are some types of conferences that are just well suited for uh, for, for virtual ones to begin with for example you know we work with tons of universities where previously uh, hundreds and thousands of employers used to go and, and attend a job fairs in person with these universities now job fairs in journal whether it's with the universities or of a particular city, et cetera, have gone virtually. Most of the people are hiring virtually. Most of the people uh, do uh, work remotely. And uh, hence, as a result of that, that particular segment has gone uh, just virtually. Conferences, again, there's, uh, a, a, there's, there's a dearth of demand uh, where a lot of people want to go back in person. They want to meet their members and they want to meet. So those conferences have gone back in person. Having said that, we see continuously that the attendance level for these conferences it's not the same, you know? So so unless the conference is of the nature where, uh, you know, again, it's happening where the attendance is mainly locally, which which really happens most of the attendance for any decent-sized conference is at least, uh, you know, from the, from, from the country or from regionally, uh, if not internationally, right? Uh, so each one of these conference providers are uh, doing some sort of a virtual piece of it. Um, so again, you know, we, we, we're seeing that as uh, just a continuous trend where, uh, In-person events are using technology, but most of them are also having a virtual piece of it because they realize that a decent amount of uh, their attendees uh, might not be able to travel because of A, they're no longer in that city or country, they're working from home. And, you know, (laughs) home can be anywhere. It can be in the country. It can be outside the country. B, uh, also the cost of travel accommodation has gone up significantly you know it has been uh it is up by more than 100 percent for for many international travelers right so uh, for them to to justify that cause sometimes it's just not uh it's just not there
0: No, absolutely and i mean you know for us here in canada especially in toronto let's not forget about the horror stories we heard about the flight delays yeah exactly yeah and, and again so, and, and, and
1: and trust me it happens uh even though it happens a lot in canada but it happens even more in the US, uh, you know, yes. so again, I attend tons of conferences in the US and uh, you realize that you have a connecting flight and that connecting flight, uh, you know, you, you just, it kind of, you know, it was one hour late and then you have missed all of your
0: connecting flights and, you know, you're, you're stuck there for, for a day. You're stuck. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so God bless all those people that need to travel a lot like you. <laughs> exactly. Right. Talk to us about a challenge and I know that there are many, but talk to us about one that you helped the client to solve in the past 12 months
1: uh so i think i i can maybe quickly tell tell two because uh, they right. they are just for different use cases so I, I think one of our customers uh, just recent customers is uh american educational uh, research association so so they they run one of the biggest conferences out there uh in uh the 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 us and uh just again you know uh, they were facing a similar challenge where um a couple of years back they were doing a virtual conference maybe with a certain provider it didn't go well uh, two years later, uh, they realized that, of course, they, they want to do an in-person conference, but they want to make sure that they are using a, a much more a stable technology provider. So uh, we worked with them just, again, last month in April. Uh, their their big conference was in Chicago. Thousands of uh, attendees. Uh, and, uh, and and this time, they, they wanted to use, uh, again, historically speaking, what would have happened is that you have these uh, 1,600 to 2,000 people coming. And historically speaking, what would have been is that the, the, their their conferences have almost 650 plus sessions. 650 plus sessions. Trying to print the agenda of that would have meant that uh, you would have had uh, I know like almost one big full auditorium room of just the agenda because it would have been a booklet, printing 650 pages, and then for those attendees to carry on those 650 pages uh, all around the different conferences, right? Uh, so again, they use of our, they make use of our just mobile app. The entire conference agenda is on the mobile app. Uh, People can create uh, their own agenda, which sessions they're going to attend, uh, where exactly those sessions are happening, is it happening in this hotel, this room, versus another hotel, another room, and just just a very seamless experience. Now, again, those of you who don't know about this conference, it happens in almost six to seven different hotels, right? So many times what would have happened is that by the time you go from one session to the other that you want to attend, in that session, you might not have enough seats for you to even sit but now just because the technology is there uh, the same session is now streamed live on the mobile app so if even if you're not getting a seat over there you can actually access it through your uh, mobile phone uh, on on the go uh, you can see who are the other people who are attending that particular event so you can book meetings with them uh, you can go ahead and uh, also go ahead and have appointments booked with the event organizers and so forth so just you know again you know the, just the use of technology allowed them to be a lot more efficient. That's one piece of it, which is again, you know, a couple of thousand people are there attending the event. But more important than that, just today, as we are having this particular uh, podcast recorded, uh, their virtual conference is happening. Uh, so, two weeks earlier, they did an in person event, almost a, a couple of thousand people attended there in, in Chicago. But now, today, almost twice uh, of that, almost four to 5,000 people, if not more, are attending the same uh, conference virtually. So, again, Historically speaking, it would have been only in person. Then it went purely virtual. But now they're using, making use of technology to again go to a much bigger audience, but, you know, having a far bigger reach at a much lower cost, uh, uh, and you know, just just having a great uh, time with uh, all of their members. That's one. We also work with Tulare uh, County Office of Education. Uh, so this is again part of the government of California. Uh, and uh, what those of you who who are who are new. Uh, to, to to this topic but there's a huge uh teachers uh shortage in california and it is very hard to find teachers in california so again what they are doing uh, is that they're doing uh, virtual job fairs using our technology which is trying to connect districts uh, with teachers uh, across the country uh, who want to you know become teacher and you know uh, have an employment in california and they have been they have been doing that they started with one but now they almost run a dozen of them uh, in a year and even those are becoming Less for them to fulfill the overall teachers, uh, you know, shortage that's happening in California, and uh, they're also doing in-person events, you know, which is again trying to connect with a local district, a local, uh, you know, kind of a school or or, or college uh, who want to hire teachers, and uh, just making use of our technology to help connect our teachers uh, with with these districts. So, just again, you know, two of those examples have hundreds of those on our website, uh, but for the audience, I think uh, just these would be good enough. Yeah
0: yeah you yeah, know uh, more more than good enough i would say yeah. wow thanks for sharing those um no a couple of things that i heard you say and i think these are incredible um with all this technology or with because of technology uh it's opened the doors to new opportunities that i would even say pre pandemic um might have already been there but not at this scale right yeah, um so absolutely. for example the virtual events so you, in terms of like uh, definitely bigger coverage it gives um guests uh that are unable to attend the in-person events an opportunity to attend so they can actually scale this right yep. and and that's incredible and i think the the one that you mentioned with the um the the, the sessions being held in different hotels and how that in person would have been such a logistics nightmare and how that became a little bit more seamless with uh with uh, the app and with a platform and with this technology i mean it's incredible just thinking okay. about it
1: Absolutely, yeah. Right. Now, again, I, I, I see the great thing about uh, mm-hmm. just that conference itself was as people uh, figured it out, you know, and yeah. they were there in the conference, uh, people were just, they were on Twitter. They were saying, oh, by the way, you know, uh, just having a great time attending this conference, kudos uh, to whoever found VFairs to, you know, again, you know, put all of those uh, conference topics and the agenda and everything as on the mobile app. So again, you know, just, just yeah. uh, the audience was, uh, you know, again, mesmerized of how technology can make, uh, again, a really complex event. You know, it's a huge conference, not an easy one, but just again, seamless uh, when you use the technology to help solve those problems.
0: Well, and it's also a question of uh, customer experience and understanding the journey that these attendees go through, right? Absolutely. Looking at it from their perspective and how can we improve that? And that's clearly what your platform provides, which is great. Thank you. Um, Going on to the next question, and I think this is a critical one, what role do you think conducting research and having the right strategy have in organizing and implementing successful B2B events?
1: You know, I think, yeah, see, research uh, and just the right strategy is is critical, uh, I would say to organizing and implementing any successful B2B event. I think for for me, uh, research starts uh, just, first of all, identifying the, the right target audience, you know, just understanding the target audience is critical uh, for, uh, for 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 successful event planning and you know research will always help you identify the needs the preferences and the pain points of the target audience so, so for me uh, that's always a key unless you really do that uh, you don't know what you're trying to solve and, and and for me and who you're trying to solve right so who you're trying to solve finding out the target audience what they really care about it what their needs are what their preferences are what their pain points are uh, is for me uh, the, the key once you have done that then again you know research and you know having the right strategy you need to identify just the right format and the right content for that uh, b2B event as well uh, you know uh, what exactly that particular uh, target audience cares for uh, is it the content and if yes what should be the nature of that content what should be the format of that content uh, is it more of one way which is you know someone is giving a lecture and they're just consuming that uh, or it is more of interactive where you know again it's more of a roundtable discussion, uh, or a panel discussion uh, so those things are are, are important and uh, just again a, a strategy to uh, ensure that uh, it, it it is it is an effective event it's a cohesive event right so just having a strategy to kind of really what you know finding the right vendors finding the right venue uh, you know making sure that the logistics are, are all there having a strategy for that is extremely important and i always say that you know an event is running an event is a really stressful job and it's really, really hard. You know, you, you, you spend days, weeks, if not months, really for that one, two or three days. And okay. I, I think sometimes just people lose uh, track of making sure that all of those things are important, which is the hotel is important, accommodation is important, the vendor is important, you know, you know the content, the speakers, the exhibitors, you know, I can go on, you know, so it's a checklist of hundred things. But the one thing that's more important than all of them is to make sure that you also have a strategy to help measure and analyze event performance because uh, you'll have to run the same conference next year or a similar conference next year, and you want to always learn what did work and what didn't, right? So again, just, just having a strategy for that uh, itself is going to be important as well. So I think for me, researching the target audience, uh, having the right format and a strategy to run a very uh, cohesive uh, and effective event and a strategy to help measure and analyze event performance, uh, I think they're critical to, to run any successful B2B event.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because that's such a great segue into the next question, which was something I was going to ask you earlier, because you brought up one of the mistakes, of which was failing to measure and analyze performance. So you cannot really avoid the topic of data when it comes to events, right? So talk to us about how how you believe B2B marketers can maximize opportunities before, during, and after events.
1: No, I, I, I think that that's, that's a brilliant question. See, for me, yeah. um, again, uh, data is a critical component yeah. of a successful event marketing. So before the event, uh, I, I would say it's really, first of all, identifying the target audience. Using data and analytics, uh, B2B marketers should identify and target specific attendees who are most likely to engage uh, with that event, with that brand, with that product or service for whom they're running that particular event for, right? So that's for me. Uh, is a key then the next thing is once you have identified that target audience uh, you need to have uh, a personalized outreach uh, you know kind of uh, kind of a strategy you know again use data uh, by using by leveraging the data marketers should prioritize and personalize their outreach to attendees and create uh, more relevant and engaging messaging for them uh, and and as a result of that just again use the data to also optimize the event promotion see before the event it's really about how can you Target the right audience, you know. Reach out to them in a, in a in a personalized manner, and you know, and, and you really kind of create the hype about that particular event, right? Because you, you always need those people to RSVP for the event. People need to know who else is coming, and hence that uh, event promotion uh, becomes the key. And using data, you can also figure it out which uh, marketing medium is also working out uh, for you. Uh, now, during the event itself. It is about collecting data as much as you can, right? So first of all, it's about collecting the attendee data. You know, uh, who are these people who are coming? Uh, you know, again, their contact details because if you want to share it with other attendees who want to connect with them, or other exhibitors or sponsors uh, who want to connect with them, you want to make sure that that's done properly. Uh, the other thing is again having a personalized attendee experience. Not everyone uh, wanna have a similar experience. Uh, if there are thousand people coming they all have uh, many times their different preferences of why they're coming over there. The ability for an attendee to have a personalized experience in a particular event, whether in-person or virtual, is key. And again, by collecting data, uh, marketers can personalize the event experience and create more relevant and engaging content and plan activities uh, for those particular uh, you know, set of attendees. And the last one during the event is to keep on monitoring the event performance. Having a real-time data to, to monitor the event performance and make adjustments as needed, is going to be critical to maximize engagement and to maximize ROI. So for me, uh, that remains the key uh, when you are uh, running an event itself. After the event, it is crucial that you follow up with attendees. Again, use the data collected during the event uh, and follow up with attendees in a very personalized and relevant way. Create opportunities for them to still engage and still uh, you know do that relationship building with other attendees and data or or, or sp- speakers or exhibitors that they were unable to uh, again do that in that particular conference itself Again, similarly, after the event uh measure and analyze event performance you know go back look at the data uh, you know see what happened during the event and uh, uh you know before the event and, and using that you know again you know create areas of improvement identify those areas of improvement for yourself of, of how you're going to be a better uh, planner for, for, for next year. And again, once you have done that, the same data will help you, uh, again, uh, inform about the future event planning, uh, create a strategy and help your overall business uh, optimize uh, the event marketing planning and, and,
0: and achieve better results as, as a result of that. So for me, I think just all of those things are just absolutely key. Yeah, and no, those are incredibly insightful. Um, thanks for sharing that. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. I had one question uh, regarding the post-event initiatives, because I see this happen time and time again, and I'm sure you have as well, that the follow-up, that, that's, I think, where some of those bad habits are kicking in. Some yep. companies are still u- choosing to use that old follow-up method, where mm-hmm. it then transforms into something like a pitch slap, right? Yep. Where they're, they're saying, thanks for attending the event, and then pitch, 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 and uh, here's my link to my Calendly, and let's jump on a demo call. Have you seen any of that happening? And uh, if, if yes, um, how do you think uh, companies can get rid of this kind of bad habit?
1: Yeah, no. I think see, uh, uh, people, people like companies still do that, but I will tell you, like, what what the what successful event marketers are doing right now. Okay, I, I think I think they all now realize that everyone is bombarded with uh, a cadence of emails, uh, with uh, a lot of cold calls, and uh, with time, it has been less about the quantity uh, of of the data; it's more about the quality of that data, and uh, and. If you care about the quality of the data, you you would also realize that those people also expect uh, quality uh, engagement from from your side as well. So it's less about uh, doing a a mass generic email or mass generic follow-up. It has become a a, a personalized email, a personalized touch. So it has to be that, oh, by the way, Yunus, I saw that you you, you came to this conference and you attended X, Y, and Z, but you were not able to attend uh, A, B, and C. You know, here is that A, B, and C that you might still be benefit from. So it has to be at that level where you know you you need to show it to your end uh, uh, and and customer that you know what they care about and here is a very specific recommendation for them. Everyone now figured out if it's a generic email, a generic follow up, and people are just immune to that. And you know, people will unsubscribe you. People will you mark you as spam. And I think uh, more and more people uh, realize that and they know that. Every single relationship that they're going to build matters. And I, I see that people are putting a lot more effort in trying to build that relationship now with their uh, you know, specific attendees.
0: Absolutely. All right. We get to the point in the conversation where we talk about actionable tips. And you have mentioned some of these points already, but yeah. let's appreciate that you can't do all of this in one day. But if somebody out there who's a B2B marketer were listening to this conversation that you and I are having, what are some of the things that you think they can do right now to successfully incorporate events into their B2B marketing strategy?
1: Yeah, I, I think for, for me, it, 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 it is more like a checklist. And I know the way mm-hmm. I, would, I would go about it is that, uh, again, the very first thing is that describe or, or define your event objectives. You know Even before planning the event itself, define your company objectives, define uh, your event objectives, and determine what you want to achieve. This will always help you stay focused in measure success. For me, that's number one, define the event objectives. Once you have defined that, identify the target audience. Now, who is that target audience? Uh, what are their needs? What are their interests? And how you'll be able to engage with them uh, given this event in mind. Once you've defined that target audience, keeping that audience in mind, select the right event format you know, uh, whether it's going to be in-person or virtual or hybrid, uh, you know, uh, what best define, uh, you know, the objectives of that particular audience and the event objectives, and as a result of that, what would be that right event format uh, that would work out for them? Once you have defined that, then you have to plan for the event content. Uh, Defining that or developing that content strategy uh, that aligns with the event objectives and the target audience Will be extremely important. You know that might include presentations, that might be panel discussions, that might be a demo of a product, uh, that might be some interactive activities. But you know you will need to kind of define what the event content would be. Always leverage technology. Use technology to create a more engaging and interactive event experience. Uh, again, whether it's in person or a virtual event, live polling, Q&A sessions, breakout rooms, roundtables—they're all going to be key. Ah, uh, for you to maximize engagement between attendees and and people remember that you know having just one great conversation sometimes in a particular event sometimes justify the ROI for an attendee who might have traveled uh, you know I, I know a, a country uh, you know to attend that particular one right so so try to see like you know how they can have those aha moments uh, and and you know technology will always help you uh, do that. Promote your event. You know, again, you know, have a multi-channel promotion strategy to you to kind of reach your target audience. You know, generate the buzz, uh, collect the data, measure the success of that. And once the event is over, just remember that it's still not over. Follow up with your attendees. Follow up with them to keep continuing the conversation, nurture the relationship. Because even after the event, that you know, a lot still goes on, and you know, you need to make sure that you know. I'm sure you would be tired. Uh, you know, you, you need some time. But but don't ignore the follow up. Follow up will get you sometimes uh, the bigger result than the event itself. Uh, so make use of that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Those are some great points, and I, I love the bit about leveraging technology because, as you said, uh, going back to the case study examples that you highlighted, it can it can help to really move things along so much uh, in such a way that was probably not possible like a couple of uh, you know only a couple of years ago, right? So. Absolutely. We spoke about this a little bit. I mean, we've talked a lot about data. We talked about um, follow up and 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 so forth. But metrics. So, what metrics do you think B two B marketers should be paying attention to, and yeah. why, on the topic of events?
1: Yeah. See, I think the 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 first and the most important one is just attendance. You know, again, you know, you want to find out how many people registered for the event how many of them attended your event attendance is an important metric uh, for just just again just to measure the success of of any event to begin with that's one uh, after attendance you want to measure the engagement it's one thing that someone actually came to your event but it's another thing that okay what exactly they did in your event you know uh, you know how many sessions they attended you know uh, did they engage in any networking conversations uh, did they ask any questions uh, did they participate in any poll uh, so all of those engagement metrics are going to be really important because you will see that based on these engagement metrics, uh, that follow-up is going to be extremely important. Now, depending on the type of the event, you know, how many leads have you generated? You know, uh, or how many leads have your sponsors and exhibitors have generated? This is going to be key, the key uh, for your event success as well as for you know again whoever is paying for uh, for that event, you know, whether it's sponsors or exhibitors or sometimes even attendees. Uh, Networking opportunities are also sometimes, you know, lead generated, where people can go back and you know follow up with the, those people, you know, for partnerships, anything else. So that's that's going to be important. After you have generated leads, it's one thing to generate leads, but really the quality of lead is determined by the conversion rate of that lead. You know, I, I might have met only five people in a conference, but if I am able to do business with all five of them, that's brilliant. That still might justify the ROI for me. Versus, uh, in another conference, I might have met hundred people. <laughs> but if I'm unable to do business with any of them, for me that's a failure, right? So again, you know, measure the leads, but also measure the conversion rate. That that typically requires you to follow up, you know, immensely after the uh, conference is over. Uh, you also want to find out, okay, what's the brand value of your conference? So again, you know, monitor just just the success of your conference, you know, on social media, on on any of the outside world. Uh, you want to see like you know how much uh, brand value your conference has got. And your speakers have got, and your exhibitors have got, and and so forth. And in the end, you know, you wanna you know see the ROI. You know, what was the cost per attendee? What was the cost per sponsor? You know, how much how much money it took you to kind of uh, run that conference? And how much money you have recovered? Right. So just knowing that ROI, not just for yourself. You know, of course that's going to be the key. But for everyone who participated in it, whether it was an attendee, did they get their ROI? Sponsors did they get their ROI? Exhibitors did they get their ROI?
0: Knowing. And merging success for each one of them is just going to be the key as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Moving on to the next question. Okay, now you need to get up on your soapbox. It's a yeah. status quo that you passionately disagree with and why. For me, I think it's, it's mainly
1: about that, you know, uh, regardless of how much you uh, work hard, it, it it's, it's your luck that defines the success. And, and I, I, I just personally... Uh, disagree with that. Uh, I, I feel that uh, in anything that you do in life, and in anything that you do in event, in many cases you can really uh, plan things to be successful if you if you if you just plan it the right way. Uh, and, you know, well, luck matters, and it matters in anything. Uh, but but in many ways, uh, I think nowadays we have just so much data, and we have so much uh, success stories around us. That in in many ways you can define your own path and and you can define your own journey, where if you follow that and if you follow that uh, with 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 the right heart and with with the right amount of hard work, uh, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve, right? So so for me, I just believe that we should not give ourselves an excuse of us not achieving a certain KPI or a goal or or whatever it is, you know, uh, just just by just just by you know kind of throwing it on luck
0: or, or something like that. Absolutely, absolutely. That's such a great answer. Totally agree with that. Um, Jonas, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your experience and expertise with the listeners. So please, uh, tell us a little about yourself and how people can get in touch with you. And, uh, you know, we spoke a little bit before I hit the record button, and you are definitely somebody that has an international background. And, uh, you know, you've worked in different parts of the world as well. Yeah, so again, my,
1: my name is Mohamed Yunus. I, I live uh, here in Toronto, Canada. I am the CEO and founder for uh, vfairs.com. Uh, vfairs is an all-in-one uh, event tech platform. Uh, we help hundreds and thousands of organizations run events of all scale, whether it's a small event, mid-size event, or large event. Uh, our events have been uh, of 50 people, 100 people, all the way up to 50,000 people, 100,000 people. Uh, you know, Again, anyone who wants to connect with us, uh, you, know, you can just go to uh, vfairs.com. Uh, You know, that's our website URL. Um, It it speaks about all the different use cases we serve as well as, uh, you know, just, uh, again, we we are a global organization. We have around 230 plus employees spread across 10 plus different countries. We uh, serve companies uh, across 100 plus different industries. Uh, We serve companies from 40 plus different countries, wherever you are based, whether you're based in US or Canada, uh, in the Middle East, um, APAC region, UK, Europe. Uh, we have team members uh, and customers in all of those countries, so we can serve you locally uh, as and when you need, uh, and we can serve you both for your in-person events and virtual events and hybrid events. Uh, yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm just an email away. My email address is uh, Yunus, which is Y-O-U-N-A-S at vfairs.com. And again, if uh, anyone wants to connect with us for anything, whether it's just a suggestion or or or, or, or how we can support you for your event, I'll be, I'll be more than honored to uh, to do so.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Jonas, once again, thank you so much for your time. Take care, stay safe, and talk to you soon. Thanks, Christian. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at IMBLIC, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.